Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. This may be your second time listening to the show today, or tomorrow, or whenever the hell it comes out. Uh, my name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on this week, man? Phenomenal week. Uh, great start, 2022. Um, Chelsea's doing well in the League Cup. They're playing the second round, or second leg against Tottenham. Uh, 3-0 in aggregate right now, so... All but guaranteed a final against uh, whoever between Liverpool and Arsenal. That first leg is going to be tomorrow. I think it was postponed a week uh, for Liverpool's COVID case thing. Uh, that was apparently going to be looked into for potentially fraud. And then yeah. now they're not. So that's interesting there. A um, couple transfers going through. Newcastle struggling to sign anybody with any credible reputation there having to sign Chris Wood from Burnley, who isn't providing any goals for them, and they're in a similar position as Newcastle. So uh, Premier League's been pretty crazy. Um, work-wise, settled down a bit. Um, soccer's starting up again. I'm coaching up in the a, a high school league in a bubble uh, a little bit up the road, so that started. And then tonight's my first night of... Um, futsal with my little guys so i love 2022 starting to kick off for better about now for me that's excellent um yeah i'm still not really up to much in my personal life i mean i've been doing um a little bit of like extra production and and um producer work on the side freelance stuff so that's been all right but um, really what for um just i just kind of put myself up and out there and i have a couple family members a couple friends that run um websites and stuff like that some kind of just modernizing um but yeah i have a commercial i gotta film tomorrow how about that interesting oh really yeah so we'll see um i don't i think it's just i'm gonna do this because um um tech proficient uh just for a little bit until i figure out what i actually want to do um but gotcha. yeah it's good um good to keep busy i mean there was a time there where i was done school i wasn't doing anything either and you're the days are just going by and you're not doing anything so i can relate to that yeah, but it's, it's good you're, you're being active yeah i mean i like i don't even it's not even about like money you know it's it's nice to make money but um just sitting and doing nothing and like being stagnant is is kind of brutal so yeah um all right let's get into these games uh match day 18 we only have two games to recap southampton and brentford yesterday and then right now west ham and north city are playing um west ham currently up one nil at halftime matt said i wasn't missing much and <laughs> i totally forgot that it was on to be honest so we'll go ahead and jump into southampton for brentford one i'll be entirely honest only saw the first half here. Um, it does seem like a majority of the action came in the first half here. Southampton opened the scoring with Jen Bednarik in the fifth minute. <clears throat> Vitali Janout got one back for Brentford in the 23rd. And Alvaro Fernando's own goal in the 37th let uh, Southampton get up 2-1. And then in the second half, Armando Broya and Che Adams added one each. Uh, before this game, I was talking to somebody and I was like, mm, I kind of like Broya's chance to to get in there today. And what do you know? He did. Of course, I didn't bet it because that's the only time people score is when I don't bet on them. Um, in total, we had 12 shots for Southampton, five for Brentford, six on target for Southampton, four for Brentford, and the position or possession rather was split pretty much right down the middle. Really good result for Southampton. I believe I took a draw in this game. I mean, it feels like it was so long ago that I put yeah. that we picked these. 
Yeah, you and Zach went with a draw, and I went with Southampton here. Yeah, I mean, they, they looked... I, I did watch after, like, um, the entire game had, had completed. I went back and watched some of the highlights, and, I mean, Southampton looked pretty good. They're playing um, a little bit more... With a little bit more electricity, I'll say, a little bit more venom, um, putting away more chances earlier this season. One of my famous lines, Southampton, hard to break down. And they've they've pretty much kept that going, but they've just managed to convert some of those turnovers in the middle of the park and towards the back into uh, good, solid offensive chances. So good on Southampton, um, looking much better than they did last season, I think. And to be in 11th place at this current stage of the season, I think is pretty solid. Well, we're used to seeing Southampton in a classic 4-4-2. That's how they've run the last few seasons. And I think for the first time in a while, they ran a three in the back this game, like a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2 at times. So uh, a bit of a, bit of a um, whatchamacallit, a uh, change in the formation and in the system. Uh, and they kind of shaped up to be a man-on-man situation with Brentford because they run the same thing. So... Um, it came down to who, if you were better than your man, and and Southampton were better on the day right off the jump from Bednarek off a corner. Um, but Southampton's main problem has been when they lead games. I think they've given up the lead the most out of all teams this year from winning positions. And I thought it was going to be a similar situation where maybe Brentford was going to uh, take the momentum and get a second. But Southampton, for the first time in a while, just put the put their foot on the gas and really just drove it home. Uh, and there were times in the games where, or in the game where uh, players were injured for Southampton, and every other player would go to the bench, uh, get hydrated, and would get dialed in with uh, the game plan. And that's something they've been doing the last few games now, where um, we don't know if it's on purpose or not. Now, where players maybe egg on their injury and get extra treatment just so everybody else can get uh, updated on the system or the or the um, plan for the next, say, 15 minutes. So that was something different here, and I think it was a great result because now they had a new major shareholder in the club. Um, So now they may have more investment in the summertime. Uh, They may be able to pull some players that maybe they couldn't in the past. Uh, They were saying on the broadcast that Cucurella for Brighton was one of their targets, and uh, they were just a couple million short of getting him uh, over Southampton or Brighton, I should say. Uh, so maybe it's looking bright for Southampton in the future, but I don't think we should look too far into it. It's just one result. Um, Brentford's newly promoted. We kind of forget that at times. Um, I think this is the first time all year that Brentford's gotten like blasted yeah. um, this big in a game. I don't think they've given up. Yeah, I'm looking here. They haven't given up four goals all season to anybody. Um, wow. The last time they've given up that many was to Burnley. Uh, they gave up three. So I don't know. I don't know if these the cracks are starting to show here for Brentford. Um, but they're in a pretty safe position with all the teams below them in um, very, very shambolic form. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's uh, that's the thing. Like, it's always going to be um, at this point in the season, if you have a fair amount of points, and they do. I mean, they're on 23 points here. Look at Burnley, <laughs> Newcastle, and Norwich. They have 11, 11, and 10, respectively. Um, then you have Watford right above them at the drop, uh, at the spot right above the drop with yeah. 13 points. You know, it, It's, it's going to take a severely bad run of form for Brentford or Villa or any of those teams that are kind of in the middle there, lower middle, um, yeah. to really fall down. So if you can you're make looking, it... You're ahead. looking for that 40-point range. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you can make it this far and have around 25 points... 
chances are, barring, you know, catastrophe or severe overperformances from another club, you're going to be okay. Um, and that's all you can hope for in your promotion year, I think. So let's go. We have West Ham 1, Norwich City 0. Haven't watched the first half. Jared Bowen scored in the 42nd minute. They're up 1-0 going into halftime. Probably not as uh, one-sided as we would have expected. Currently, the position the possession sits at 62% for West Ham. Seven shots on target for them versus Norwich's four. And three shots on target for... Uh, seven shots total is what I meant to say. And three shots on target for Ham. Versus Norwich's two. Um, so I would imagine West Ham will probably pull that game out. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of it or not. I don't know how they're looking. No, I haven't been watching it either. I, I've just gotten home from work and that, so I can't really give too much details. Okay. But um, from the lineup situation I'm looking here, there's no Suchek. They're putting Lanzini in there with Rice. So um, Cresswell is back now from a long-time injury. Um, Vlasic is getting a rare start in the team over... Um, who do they usually play there? Ben Rama. Uh, other side, you got no no Josh Sargent in there. Grant Hanley's back, um, the captain of the club. Um, I, I, my, my my thing is there's no there's no Billy Gilmore here. But like, what what happened to Todd Cantwell? Because the last time they were in the league and the beginning of this season, like he was a big uh, centerpiece to that team, and now it's like he's just eroded out of any type of form or consistency into the lineup. I don't understand that. Yeah. Not sure. I mean, it's, it's looking terrible for them because I don't, I don't see any, any light at the end of the tunnel for them. Um, they have games coming up now that are favorable for them. Everton, Watford, um, and palace. Those are favorable matchups. If you could say they're right around their area. Um, they're in the fourth round of the FA Cup. They won their last tie. Uh, they play Wolves now, which isn't good. Low scoring affair there. Um, but they need to get at least at least four to five points in these next three games if they want to have any type of hope. Because um, then they get back on the 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 meat wagon of Man City and Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> the meat wagon indeed. All right, let's move on um, right into predictions. So this is a weird one. I haven't had this in some time. Uh, Brighton versus Crystal Palace is our first game. Uh, Brighton coming off a 3-2 victory over an Everton side who've been underperforming for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, I believe they have one win in their last seven fixtures or something like that. Uh, Pretty crazy, to be honest. I am going to take Crystal Palace in this one. I am leaning towards a draw. I don't think Brighton are that good still. I think Palace are in pretty good shape. Um, I think a draw, maybe a 1-1-2-2 draw is probably in order for this game. And I actually think it'll be a really entertaining watch. Yeah, no loose dunk still for um, Brighton. I think this is the last matchup he's going to miss until he returns. Um, We have all the AFCON players out. So Basuma will be out for Brighton. He's their main holding midfielder there, box-to-box kind of guy. Um, When it comes down to Palace, Palace's end more more affects them on the attacking end. No Zaha, no Ayu, and no Kuyate. So you really have to rely on Austin Edward and Benteke now. Um, they've been doing good recently. Uh, Michael Elissi as well. Um, he's kind of getting in there as, as often as he can. And then we uh, Eberichi Eze is now back. He was phenomenal last year, had a big year for him in the lockdown season. And um, 
So they have a couple guys coming back, filling in for these people. So it's going to be a very contested battle here. Um, Zach's going with a Palace win. I can definitely see both of where you're going, but there's something about Brighton right now that's really weird. Um, I feel they're obviously going to dominate the game. They are currently, I think, yeah, fourth in the league when it comes to possession, only behind the top three. Um, so I, I can definitely see this going Brighton's way, but I think I'm going to go with you and I'm going to take, or Zach, or yeah, you picked a draw, so I'm going to go with the draw. I'm losing my mind. Okay, that's all right. Um, I think everybody's losing their mind a little bit. Uh, up next, we have probably game of the week, I would say. Um, there's two games that are going to be really good, but this one probably edges Arsenal-Tottenham. We have Manchester City taking on Chelsea Saturday, January 15th. Um, and this is, um, this is tough. This is first in the table versus second in the table. City on 53, Chelsea on 43. Chelsea have just one win in their last five. The rest have been draws. City, obviously, with five wins in their last five. Of course, why would it be anything else? Um, I can't. I, I feel like I can't not pick City, especially with all the injuries. And um, I don't know what COVID, what they're like COVID-wise, Chelsea, right now. I think they should probably be pretty much okay because it seems like everybody's had it. It's only saying Tiago and Angola with COVID, but they could be back. Yeah. Um, no Mendy, obviously, for... Um, AFCON. Yeah, and then both our wingbacks are out for the year. So we're going to probably go with like Aspi and Alonzo or maybe push... Um, Hudson Adore pulls it out there, but you can get exposed. We've seen that in the past. Yeah, Man, Man City only missing Mares from Afcon, but they're they're five deep in in their attacking end. So um, Jack Grealish has, hasn't really been a big problem. He, he hasn't lived up to the hundred million dollar um, check that they paid for him. So not too worried about him. Jesus Sterling probably up there. You push Bernardo Silva in there, but he's done very well from behind. Um, I don't know. It's gonna. It's still going to be a very tight match. We got Kepa in there. I think he could do a job, but um, I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to go with Chelsea. I think they get one back and can make this season a little more interesting. Yeah, um, for the sake of the show, and honestly, this is just what I think, I'm going to have to go with City. I don't think in good conscience I can pick Chelsea to win against this City side in their current state. Uh, missing the wingbacks is just so big for Chelsea. Their defensive identity, I think, is what has made them such a force to be reckoned with. Um, and in recent weeks, I, I just don't think defensively they've been um, all that great. I know there's yeah. a little bit of drama here with, with TT and Lukaku. I know that they're trying to pave that over. Um, but you, you, can't, you can't not pay attention to everything that's gone down at this club over the past you know month or so right they've, they've been in turmoil not really anybody's fault um this kind of thing just happens especially with the pandemic or whatever the fuck else but um i think i'm gonna go with city here it's a pretty easy pick for me but chelsea uh, a team of that caliber especially um going forward well Havertz should play right it was just a broken finger for him last week yeah, all of our attackers are going to be available, so yeah, it'll, be, it'll, be it'll, it'll be better. And then uh, Zach's, Zach's going with you. He's also going with Man City. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take City, and we'll move on to Norwich City and Everton. God, this is the worst game of the week, probably. Um, I don't know. Like Everton now, I don't, I don't know if you saw this today. They signed Anwar El Ghazi. Like that's their 
That's their answer to uh, their striker depth issue. Uh, I'm not really under, under understanding why El Ghazi's the guy that you want to bring in um, to play in your offense, but uh, I know Villa fans, <laughs> I read the comments today, they were really excited to get rid of him. So that's yeah. usually a really, really bad sign. Um, Everton also cutting ties with Luca Digne. He is now an Aston Villa player. Um, and we'll get to another signing that Aston Villa made in a minute here, but... Uh, Everton, I guess, are trying to cut bait with some of the guys that are not buying into Rafa's system, and that, for me, is is just a, a huge um, reason why Everton had been so bad. I don't think he was the he was the right manager for the job. Uh, that's pretty much been proven over and over again here. Um, but despite all of what I just said, I'm going to take Everton in this one because I think Norwich City are just absolutely abysmal. I don't think they can win this game. Um, maybe they'll be lucky to get away with a tie, but this isn't the week where they steal three points, in my opinion. Yeah, if Norwich, if do you think if Norwich wins this game, do you think Rafa gets fired? Uh, no. Honestly, no. Uh, I think the owner situation there, who is it, Farad uh, Mashuri, or I think that's his name. Um, it's a fucking disaster, for sure. Uh, their transfer budget has been pretty much slashed the entire time since he's been there. They're not making any moves. Uh, they keep bringing in the wrong managers. I just, I, I think Everton are such a mess that we won't even see him fired, honestly. Yeah, I'm going to, I can good conscious go with any type of Norwich result after what they've <laughs> done to me in the past. So I'm going to go with Everton, which makes me sick. All right. All righty. Uh, Zach's also going with Everton, so it's a sweep there. That's a terrible sign when all three people go for the same thing. That's always a bad sign, but hopefully they pull through for us. Okay, Wolves versus Southampton up next. Wow, this could be a really good game, honestly. It could be super scrappy, or it could be um, just really kind of tight. I have no idea. Wolves looking really good, looking really sharp, not giving away a ton of possession, defending really well, playing as a unit really well. Southampton can't really say much different. Um, I think they're playing really well as a team right now. We just saw an overperformance in, in uh, their match against Brentford where they scored four goals. Uh, I think they could come out and play well again here, but I'm I'm probably leaning towards a draw in this one. I think Wolves are um, just they've, – they've gotten really good this season at minimizing offensive um, play styles, and Southampton may be finding a new um, – Offensive play style here, I think they're going to run in, into a brick wall against Wolves, although Wolves are also terrible, terrible, terrible finishers. So I don't think they score. I think this one ends nil-nil. I can see Southampton squeaking it out, um, but I'm going to stick with a draw on this one. Yeah, Wolves in their last nine games in all competitions have had eight clean sheets. The only one they didn't was a 1-0 defeat to Man City. So they've been absolutely rock solid in the back. Um, Southampton's a team that is a little flaky when they have the lead. Um, they do get off to good starts in games, but uh, a key miss in this game is Romain Saiz. He went to AFCON, obviously. I think he plays for Morocco. So um, he's out for there. That's a big guy they've had in the back. He's scored a, a couple meaningful goals for them this year, so it's going to be hard to replace him there. But uh, Connor Cody's been a great leader in the back for them. When it comes to Southampton, set pieces have been very dangerous for them. They have Ward Prowse, who's one of the best. So um, I think if they carry over that system that they played against Brentford, they should do all right here. Um, but I think it's going to end in a draw. Uh, and then Sachs going with the Southampton win as well. Okay. Um, 
Okay. Uh, Newcastle and Watford. I mean, this one, is, this is another disgusting one. Newcastle this, knocked this out is of the six pointer right here. A Newcastle knocked out of the fucking FA Cup. Um, yep. Did you see that? Yeah, they what, lost to um, what? What an ab- league one team. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, so they're down tremendous. Watford kind of also not really doing so hot. I mean, I think they're the team that's right above the drop. They have thirteen, and like Matt said, this is a fucking six pointer. Uh, this is a really, really important game. I think Newcastle know they need to win it. I think Watford know they need to do it. Uh, I'd probably give the coaching advantage to Watford. I think Ranieri's a really good coach. He's just not working with much here. Um, I'm hoping he gets another shot next season to maybe bring in some players or maybe look into their farm. I don't know what it looks like, to be honest. Um I think I'm going to just come out and give the edge to Watford. I mean, Newcastle have not shown me ab- they they've shown me nothing. Um Kieran Trippier, he's will he be playing actually? He might be. Yeah, he played in that FA Cup tie, I believe. Yeah. And, um he has to cuz uh, Mankio is suspended for this game, so he'll fill in at that right back, right wing back role, but uh both sides are decimated in the back line when it comes to talent as well as injuries. So, um I'm gonna, I'm going to have to give the edge to Newcastle here. I think that I just have like some ingrained bias towards them for some reason. I don't know what it is. I think it all originates from the goal movie just having Newcastle in my mind from that young age. So I'm going to go with Newcastle. Zach's going to go with a draw. He thinks nobody's going to get anything out of this game. Um, what are you thinking of? Um, yeah, I think Watford. I'm just going to have to go with them. I mean, I, I just want to give the coaching advantage to Ranieri, give him the respect he deserves, and hope that uh, young King Dennis can get up there and, and do his job. Yeah, he should be able to score two here. Um, okay. Burnley versus Leicester City. Up next, we have uh I mean, I, I feel like this game probably is gonna be closer than people may um may suspect. Leicester City currently in tenth place on twenty-five points, Burnley in eighteenth with eleven. Uh this should be a slaughter. Um, you know, Leicester well, Leicester have no attackers. None of their forwards are available. Well, they haven't had a defense all season either. So yeah. <laughs> for me, I think I think that this game could absolutely be a draw. Um, I'm I've I've been getting fucked by betting on Burnley straight up. Every time I think they're going to come out and steal one, they don't. And then when I don't bet on them, they come out and steal one. So um, I'm going to go with Leicester just to kind of fade myself. What I've been doing recently. Uh, but I think that this game could actually be close and it's, they're going to need like a severe overperformance out of the couple guys that they do have playing for Leicester. Yeah. Um, Ian Acho is an NDD for Leicester, all both out for AFCON. Vardy's out for the foreseeable, oh my God, the foreseeable future. Um, he's going to be out until March, I believe. So I think this is going to be a big battle, the midfields. Um, and the edge obviously goes towards Leicester here. Um, so I'm going to go with Leicester when Zach's as well going with Leicester. Okay. Um, okay. Having a tough time. Get- Sometimes the Google page just doesn't work. Um, Aston Villa versus Manchester United up next. Uh, wow. United edge Villa in the FA Cup. Uh, one nil with a, a Fred McTom or Fred McTominay. <laughs> That's the midfield pairing. Um, a Scott McTominay goal. I like United to win again here. I mean, 
I will say about the FA Cup tie, this is, you know, some of the recent games that we've seen. We haven't seen a ton of Premier League stuff because they were on break a little bit. Um, Rashford looks shocking, like really yeah. shocking. Uh, looks like he's just not in it. I, I don't know. I mean, the guy the guy does a lot with his time. Like, it's not like he's not spending his time on, on um, worthwhile things, but his head doesn't seem to be in it. That offense uh, at United just seems to be super disjointed. Again, I don't like the formation they play at all. I don't think Ralph Ragnick has a handle on what's going on there. I just think the team is in severe flux right now. Uh, but I don't think Villa are really playing all that well either. I think the first couple weeks they had Stevie G. They had a little bit of a new manager bounce. I'm not excited about the way they're playing football. So I'm going to go with United just out of default and hope maybe um, a overperformance from one or two players could lead them to all three points. Yeah, Zach's going with a draw here. He thinks Man United's going to struggle a little bit. I think. I really think Stevie G is going to he's been brewing about that result um they, there were some var controversial decisions in that matchup uh, earlier in the week and i mean he love he loves playing at man united obviously huge rivals with liverpool so i think he's going to want to get this one back and he's just going to be harping on these players all week so i think they're going to be ready for this matchup especially at home so i'm going to go with villa for a little bit of an upset Okay, cool. Uh, West Ham versus Leeds United up next. Let's see. West Ham still leading 1-0 in the 59th minute against Norwich City, so looking good there. I'm going to have to go ahead and take West Ham in this one. Leeds did look good last week, beat Burnley 3-1. Good offensive performance from them, but I just really don't think um, that Leeds have what it takes to beat this West Ham team who've been pretty solid um at the back i think that they're going to hunker down and they might score early and maybe get a one nil win two nil win against Leeds. it's not going to be a barn burner but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take west ham straight up yeah i mean uh west ham's only missed right now is ben rama to afcon but Leeds once again dealing with the tremendous uh injuries and um, suspension problems so i'm going to give the advantage to west ham as well i mean these guys played in the last round of the fa cup west ham control controlled the game for the most part and especially in chance created uh, and they won the game 2-0 handily so um, i'm gonna as well gonna go with west ham and zach's gonna do another one we're all gonna take west ham this game okay cool um all righty Liverpool versus Brentford up next. This one's super easy for me. I'm going to take Liverpool. They are going to be missing a lot of players. It should be noted that they will be without Mo Salah. They will be without Sadio Mane. They're going to have to sub some guys in here. Uh, I would imagine we'll probably get a start from Divac Origi. I love him. I think he's a great player. Um, as long as the fitness is up on those guys that, that ride the bench for the most part, uh, I think Liverpool won't have a tough time against Brentford here. The rest of the park remains pretty solid in terms of losing guys to AFCON. They have a pretty much all uh, English back line. I think Konate is from one of the African countries, right? Is he? Nah, uh, he's French. Oh, he has French citizenship. Okay. Mm -hmm um all right yeah but um they're saying Origi's out he hasn't been training and it's unknown what his injury is so he'll be out so i think it's going to be uh either Firmino, jota minamino and ox and maybe curtis jones like a mixture of those five in there up front okay so we could get some bobby action i could get some bobby action um i'm gonna go with liverpool here 
Um, and I actually did just look into uh, Conante. He is of Malian descent, so there's your fun fact for the day. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Liverpool. I can't see another 3-3 scorcher of a game like that happening again. Um, I mean, Brentford's without Onyeka, who uh, went to AFCON. Rico Henry's out um, with a hamstring issue. They say he may be back for this game for a little bit of minutes, but unlikely. So, And Brentford's main problem has been scoring as of lately. Um, chances created just aren't there as much. We saw against Southampton, they got dominated. Um, some of the goals were kind of like just long through balls that coincidentally get through, but I just don't I don't see Brentford matching up well against a fully strength back line for Liverpool. Um, Robertson's going to be back in this game, um, so he's not suspended anymore. Um, Trent should be okay. He's recovering from COVID, so he might be a little iffy, but I think they just have enough to get over the line here. And then Zach's going with Liverpool as well. All right, beautiful. Okay, and the last game, yeah, this is the last one because we're going to have a couple of games we got to talk about um, on Sunday or Monday or whenever we do the show. Yeah. Uh, last one's Tottenham, Arsenal. Uh, do the double. Yeah, I think Arsenal are actually going to fucking batter Spurs. Um, I'm us- I usually don't go into these games feeling really confident. Um, of course, we did get the, the one earlier on this season. Um, but if you look at Tottenham's form right now, the past couple of games, I mean, they're losing right now to Chelsea in the League Cup. They lost their last tie against Chelsea in the League Cup. Um, just just really not not in shape. I mean, their defense is, is shocking. Um, if they don't have all three guys starting, if they don't have Son, Kane, and Lucas playing, uh, they're not going to give you anything whatsoever. I think Arsenal are a little deeper. Uh, we're going to be missing Partey to AFCON. That's a bit of a problem. Um, but other than that, I mean, the guys that are really performing for us, we have, and they're healthy. So I'm going to take Arsenal on this one. I think this is a really, really good performance from Arsenal. I'm going to cry probably if they lose um, because this is one of those games that means so much to me. Yeah, it's looking favorable for Arsenal a little bit when it comes to Spurs' lineup. You're going to have no dire... Uh, no Romero in the back, so you're going to get Davy Sanchez and Tanganga in there. Yeah. Um, maybe Rondon. You'll have wing backs of Doherty and Sesson Young, maybe. Um, Regulon as well, Emerson. Um, no Sun, so he'll be out until February, they're saying. He has a muscular issue, so they're saying he'll be out until after the international break in February, um, as well as Bergwijn. So you're going to probably have Kane Mora and um, either Deli Alley or La Celso. Uh, probably be Deli Alley. Um, but Arsenal's main problem right now is midfielders. Um, no Partey and El Nene, both at AFCON. Xhaka with COVID. So you're going to have Sambi in there um, alone. Maybe Charlie Patino gets a start. Who knows? The 18-year-old, he's done well recently with the time given to him. But it's a huge ask for a young player like that in his first ever um, professional North London derby to perform there. Um there's talks about maybe why Naldum coming in on loan until the end of the season, or maybe Arthur from Juventus. Um, Mikel's definitely going to bring somebody in for the remainder of the season. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Arsenal do have enough to get the win here. Um, it's tough to go off recent form for Spurs, um, especially playing Chelsea twice. They just don't match up very well um, with the Chelsea system. Um and they did have a scare there in the FA Cup against Morecambe going down 1-0 early on and having to really fight back in that game. 
But um, yeah, I'm going to have to give the edge to Arsenal here. And um, I think Zach's agreeing as well with us. All right, cool. Wow, that feels great. And I should I should let you guys, everybody know um, that's listening, Tottenham are actually the favorite in this game. Uh, they have a 38% win probability versus Arsenal's 33. Um, that's just because they're at home, but yeah, it's right. They're right there next to each other. And this is a big six pointer. Yeah. They sit right next to each other in the table, only two points apart, Arsenal of head, but um, it's a bigger game for Arsenal because Tottenham have two games in hand yeah. on Arsenal. So if they lose this matchup, it's going to be a massive hill to climb to catch up to them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I think that is it. Um, nothing else from us. Shorter episode, only 32 minutes. Sometimes it feels nice to do a shorter one. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at post20pod. Um, anything from you, Matt? Uh, no, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys listening every week. Uh, make sure you go listen to the most recent NFL episode that Evan did with Jeremy for the playoffs. Um, that's winding down. We had the closing game of college football. Congratulations to Georgia uh, beating up on Alabama. That's always great to see. Um, I think that's their first national championships in like 20, 30 years, something like that. So long time coming there. Um other than that, nothing really else to add. Hopefully Chelsea gets the dub here and makes the season more interesting. That'd be nice. They'd cut the lead just to seven points. <laughs> yeah. If that means anything. Yeah. We'll see. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Um, we will see you Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or <laughs> whenever the fuck the episode comes out. You'll yeah. know. You'll get the, the notification. All right, guys. Take care. Stay safe. And uh, we'll see you then.